Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavruta, Yerdena Azband. Our daf of the day, Masachat Ta'anit, daf Yud Bet, page 12. I'm actually going to start with three words from the previous daf, from the very top of the daf, Amar of Chista. Had amart mitanin l'sha'ot, v'hu shelo ta'am klum at ha'erev. So if Chista says that there's a halacha, right, that says you cannot fast for a few hours, meaning... You don't just have it. You don't take on a fast of a few hours. That's not a thing. Um, rather, right? You like to say, "Oh, I'll fast until the evening," for example, right? That's not a thing, according to Rav Chista. So Abai says, "Well, yeah, that's obvious, right? Because you're going to have a full-fledged fast. It's going to have a, a good fast. It's a full fast." Why do you have to say, the Gemara says, to, back to Abaye, no, you have to, he has to take this position. Rav Chista needs to articulate it explicitly. that You can't just take on a fast for a few hours because what would happen if somebody changed his mind? You know, you begin the day not have, intending to fast, but then whatever happens, you ended up not eating. And then at some point you say, you know what? I haven't eaten already. I'll continue my fast until the nightfall and then count that as a fast. Right, so Rav Chista would say that that kind of fasting, that kind of finishing off the fast, might actually count as a fast. Then Amar Rav Chista, and we go on with Rav Chista's opinion. And Rav Chista says any fast that doesn't um, that doesn't have the sunset on it, meaning if you break your fast prior to the end of the day, then you don't call that a fast at all. today, but the Gemara asks raises a question on this. There is a, a crew from the from the watches of the Kohanim who would have a priestly watch and plus also the Levi'im who would be serving the temple and they would fast like a communal fast the same way that you could have non-Kohanim who would also fast on occasion, whatever. And then they do not complete the fast with the rest of the community because they go on to do whatever they need to do in the Beit HaMikdash. Hatam ba'almahu. So the difference is, right, why is that acceptable and the and otherwise a fast that doesn't go to the end of the day doesn't count? Because in this case, they're keeping away from food in order to cause themselves distress, right? Meaning the the goal is to be like the rest of the people who are having a real fast. So they're gonna, you know, join them in in the in the suffering of the fast without it ever really ever like it's not supposed to be considered a full-fledged flat fast because their priestly or, or Levitical duties, you know, take precedence over joining the community in a full-fledged fast side. So the Gemara then comes, you know, wants to prove this further. Tashma, we've got a proof. The Amar, Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe Tzadok, Rebbe Lezer, the son of Rebbe Tzadok, says as follows. Ani mi bnei banav shel sna'a ben binyamin. He explains his... his uh, genealogy. He's a descendant of Sna'a, the son of uh, Binyamin, meaning from the tribe of Binyamin. And what happened? This happens all the time. The ninth of Av fell out to be on Shabbos. And not all the time. Don't take me too seriously there. But it happens often enough. And we pushed off the fast until after Shabbat. And they fasted then on, you know, from Saturday night, they fasted. But they didn't. They didn't complete the fast. 
they that family had a special day on the 10th of Av where they would have a festival day. For whatever reason, it was a private holiday for the family. So they didn't complete the fast because once you hit the 10th of Av, instead of just having a pushed off Tishabav, they also had to celebrate this day of celebration that was an individual family celebration. But rather, still joined with the whole rest of the world that was going to be having the pushed off Tishabav fast, at least to some degree. And then, you know, so they have some of that distress of the of the Tishabav fast that's pushed off to the tenth. And then they shift into the family, um, into the family issue. Fine. The Gabar goes on, right? We're still trying to knock down Rav Chis's opinion. Tashma, the Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Ahei b'ta'anit aj avolaviti. So it says as follows. Rabbi Yochanan says, I will be fasting until I get home. Hatam l'shemote nafshi mi be'nesiyahu da'avad. So what's that case? Meaning the Gemara doesn't like that as a as a disproof to Rav Chista. Rather, the Gemara here says, yeah, well, he was trying to excuse himself in the house of the Nasi, meaning he didn't want to eat there. So he says he was fasting, which, by the way, is hilarious, right? Meaning in order to get out of a formal meal, a formal, you know, head of state kind of meal, he says, no, I'm sorry, I can't eat with you. I'm fasting. But he didn't really mean that he was fasting the full day. He just was trying to uh, get out of it. I, that doesn't suggest, I don't want to suggest that he's lying, right? It's that he's fast, he, he, taking on a fast of a few hours for the sake of not being eligible to join in this meal. And then he goes home, right? And then he's once he's home, he's able to eat again because he was, it was never taking on a full day fast. And then we have a, the next part has Shmuel giving us a general principle, which I think will be helpful for us to understand, you know, generally what's going on here. Amr Shmuel, kol shaloki bela lav mi ba'od yom. Any fast that one has not taken upon oneself from the day. What does it mean, the day? It really means from the day before, about the coming day. It's not considered a fast at all. But then if one does happen to fast, meaning you didn't take it on the day before, and you do happen to fast the next day, as if you had taken it on before, but without that um, promise or decision-making, let's say. So then what is that considered? This is somebody who is like, it's like somebody who pumps the bellows full of air, meaning sure, that person didn't eat. That's called not eating, but it's not the same thing of not fasting. And the uh, the comment I've seen says, you know, why is this, why is the bellows um, included here? Because it's as if the person is full of air, meaning instead of full of food, but it's still not the same thing as this, um, formal fast. And then lastly, here the Gemara says, so when would one take a, pro- a fast upon oneself? Eimat makabile. Rav amar b'mincha, Shmuel amar mincha. So Rav says, you take a fast upon yourself in the afternoon of the day before the fast, meaning any time from noon onwards, meaning after the, the, the strike of noon, you're good to go. But Shmuel says, no, you take your fast upon yourself at the end of the mincha prayer, meaning it's a specific, <coughs> excuse me, specific statement even that you say in the tefillah. Rav Yosef likes Shmuel's position. So it says in Megillah Tanit, you'll remember, Yerdena, you had done a whole 
what's what on Megillah Tanit, where it's got this whole list of the festivals, right? And the commemorating of all different kinds of events throughout Jewish history, including fast days, right? But including all kinds of things. So then there it says, anybody who has taken upon um, upon oneself a fast the day before, then is obligated to fast as if it's one of the formal fast days, meaning there's something real, so to speak. You know, it's not, it's not a bellows full of air. It's a serious fast, even if it's an individual individual's fast that one has taken upon oneself. So the the question then, of course, you know, is like, why do we need this Megillah Tanit business? Um, which and the Gemara deals with it quite quite rigorously going forward here um, in terms of what else happens in Megillah Tanit, including the idea, and we've mentioned this before, of somebody who takes on upon himself to fast what we call Bahab. Bahab meaning, meaning bet, hey, bet, which stands to be the second day and the fifth day and the second day, which is Monday, Thursday, Monday. Right, and the idea is that people would take this on as a way of a show of piety or or something as a as a means of atonement through the whole year, and this also is one of the things that's discussed in Megillah Tanit. Um, I'm gonna turn this over to you, Yordina. Perhaps you have something to comment here, um, rather than get bogged down in these details. You know, this whole thing about a fast that you didn't intend is interesting because I don't know. I just find the language of the Gemara to be like a little confusing. I almost had to read it a couple of times, but I think the scenario that they're getting at is essentially a person who, you know, you sort of just didn't get around to eating and then you have to decide if you want it to be a fast day or not be a fast day. And the Gemara is basically saying that's not how it works. Like for something to really be a fast day, you really have to be designated as a fast day ahead of time. It can't just be something that sort of just happens to you as a person. Um, but in that topic of sort of thinking about fast days and intention, then it moves on to a different subject, which is, you know, can you make a fast day up? In other words, let's say that you did commit to having a fast day and then for whatever reason, you couldn't actually, uh, you couldn't actually fill that, ma- that, that, uh, you know, you couldn't fill it. And so they give one example, uh, well, they have the whole discussion here with rub, you know, that, you know, that basically you could sort of like, uh, you know, what they call the language is literally like lova adam, that you could actually bar the fast day. And then they tell a story, uh, well, sort of to, a story to illustrate this. Rav Yeshua berates Rav 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 Asi. So Rav Yeshua went to basically visit Rav Asi. So they had like a very nice type of meat there. Like it's called a third born calf. But the idea is that it was very high quality meat. Amrule, they said to him, so they said to Rav Yeshua, you should taste this. And he says to them, he says, I can't eat because basically I'm sitting in a fast and therefore I'm not allowed to eat. So they say to him, okay, don't you hold like this, you know, this opinion, right? That don't you hold this opinion to Rav Yehuda and Rav that basically you could just make it up. If you see something you want to eat, go ahead. So I just found this story to be interesting because as much as before we were saying, you sort of can't just and like fall into a fast, you sort of can fall out of a fast. Like if you see food that you want to eat, this story sort of implies, go ahead, break your fast. Now in the end, he doesn't do it. Why? He says, right? He was fasting because of a dream. So then the Gemara gets into a tangent about that. But one of the things they would do is that Let's say you had a dream uh, that was not a good dream. So one way to sort of 
have a cup power for it or, or to hope that it doesn't come true, whatever it was, is that you would fast on the following day. But and you agree with me, the story, like as, as much as you can sort of like just fall into a fast, it seems you can really fall out of a fast rather easily. I mean, I, but I find it, I find it very, very strange because all we've been talking about up until this point and also what we know in practice is that when you have a fast, it's a serious thing. So if you're having, you know, a random day where you didn't eat and then you find food, fine. But if it's a fast day, like a formal fast day, a historical fast day, or one that you have taken that, you know, you've taken it on from the day before in Mincha time, then how can you just go after the food because it appeared yummy? Like, it's very strange. Right. It's very strange. Now the Gemara now gets on to like... Just also, wait, of- I want to say one thing. Else. Yeah. One other thing. When you're fasting at a certain point in the day, suddenly all is yummy. Right? Like... That's, that's part of who needs the fast. But I think that's why the Gemara makes a point to mention that it was like some type of really delicious calf. Um, okay. and, then the, and then the Gemara sort of ends just with this interesting thing. I find this topic to be particularly interesting, right? Right? That a fast is effective to sort of neutralize a bad dream like a fire, you know, uh, uh, burns uh, chaff. Right, Amar Rav Chisa said Uvo Vayom. Right, and Rav Yosef says that uh, you know Rav Chisa says um, that you actually you know y- you have to fast the day that you had the dream. So in other words, you would wake up in the morning and start fasting. But Amar Rav Yosef Afilu Shabbat that you even can do this fast on Shabbat. My Taknete, and then the Gemara says, okay, but then what do you do? You're not really supposed to fast on Shabbat. So Lite Tanita Litanita. So you sort of do another fast because of the fact that you fasted on Shabbat. So that's sort of just an interesting tangent there, but I think one that, you know, shows you this was something that they really did, you know, if they had a disturbing dream and the fact that you could even do it on Shabbat. So I don't know, just a lot of weird stuff about fasts that you sort of have to really designate your fast. If you see yummy food, you seem to be able to get out of the fast and a fast of a dream, of a bad dream, even can, you know, nullify Shabbat. Okay, now we're gonna move on to new Mishnah, right? So let's say we had these three regular fasts, right? The Monday, Thursday, Monday one of the Echidim that was we were talked about in the previous Mishnah, and it still didn't rain. Beitin goes from Shlosh Taniot Acherot Al Tzibor. So then the Beitin comes and makes three fasts for the whole community. So the day that they make it, you can still continue to eat during that day. But in other words, you start fasting, you know, um, you basically start you start eating before the night of the fast. You're not allowed to work. Right? And then also, you can't do all the regular prohibitions that we have for a fast day, like we do for Tisabab or for Yom Kippur. Um, so not working, uh, not uh, with the real typical ones of not bathing, not smearing with oil, not wearing shoes, no marital relations. And also, they would lock the bathhouses that day. Avru Elu Velo not new. Let's say these three fast pass. Beitin goes in the land. Od Sheva Shehain Shloshesrei Taniot Al Tzibor. So then they would do another seven, which in total is thirteen. Now the one question I had about this language of Al Tzibor is the first three was not for everybody, but I think the idea is that in total there were thirteen for the congregation, right, on behalf of the congregation. Harei Elu Yitzirot Al Harishonot. These seven are more sort of severe, let's say, than the first one, should be elumatrin, right? For these, they sound, you know, some type of an alarm, which the Gemara will talk about later. 
There's no, the shops are even closed. On Mondays, they would let them open at nightfall, right? So people could buy food. And on the Thursday fast day of these seven, if one of them fell out on a Thursday, uh, you were allowed to open it because of Shabbat. But again, these fasts all took place on Monday, Thursdays, Monday, Thursdays. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's Avril of Alona knew, let's say these also pass and you still didn't get answered. So now we, we don't fast anymore, but we take upon ourselves other things. People don't really do business. No building or planting. Betrothals, writing gates, formal halachic engagements and weddings. We don't say hi to each other or greet each other. Um, like, you know, it's, we're supposed to act like people have been rebuked by God. They basically have to fast every Monday and Thursday until Nisan ends. Let's say Nisan ended and then the rains come. It's actually a, a simon klala. It's not, it's a curse. It's not a good thing. So they quote here from Shmuel Av, chapter 12, verse 17, right? That says they were a sign of a curse. Is it not what... Uh, that says is not the wheat harvest today. Um, but the idea is basically that when you have wheat harvest, you know, that the wheat harvest, if you read the whole thing, it came after the time of Shavuot. This is not really supposed to be a good thing. So the Gemara from here gets into a discussion of why would you, um, you know, how do we know that the that the activities that we say that are sore only are sore during the day? And so they make a, you know, a, a, a link with, with judgment, that judgment only takes place during the day uh you know uh with uh and then you know why is it that um uh you know so they go through some of these types of things um you know and that's sort of where they're going to go with this um but you know i think it's interesting just to see sort of the whole process that has to happen and sort of what happens if these defeat if this really doesn't get answered at all and how seriously this was really taken that it's not just about fasting but it's about really limiting activity as well um, it's what I've said from the beginning of this Masechet, I think that, and you've said it in other Masechet, right, where fasting isn't only fasting or isn't isn't really fasting. Here I keep saying fasting, at least in the rain context, fasting as prayer. Here you've got fasting, other things that are doing the same activity, let's say the same role as fasting. Right. And, you know, again, I think I, we go into this Masechet being like, oh, it's Masechet Tanit. But really, it's, you know, it's about changing sort of a way that we act when we really don't have these reins. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.